welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 266, The Disciplines of Writing, an interview with Rachel Hauk coming to you on Thursday, September 16th, 2021. So the first thing that I wanted to do at the start of this episode is to give a big shout out, a hello, and a big warm hug to Bravo Mom one one of my YouTube subscribers. You have left me such encouraging messages. And I, I don't think that this is the first time, but this last week in particular, you have been as encouraging to me as I am always hoping that over the last few years, I've been in as that encouraging to you and all of you listening. I just wanted to say how much it um, really moves me in my heart and makes me want to keep on going forever that um, that I really am making a difference in your life, that I'm giving you encouragement and positivity and hopefully some interesting tips, some interesting interviews. And this is really what I want to give to you as well. I really want you to feel like um, this is a place that whether I'm a writer or not a writer and Bravo's mom one says that she sometimes forwarded the episodes to non-writer friends of hers as well. I just want you to feel like, um, there is good that you were put on this earth to do. And some of it is not going to be very hard. Some of it is going to be things like this, where I have this personality that I love to put out there in audio and video and in person. And I love to make people feel happy and like the world is a good place today. And whatever the gifts that you have, um, some of them are going to be that easy to share. Just being the person who smiles first, who, you know, waves at the person on the, on the running path with the, that you're passing. That's me. Um, <laughs> uh, the person who opens the door for somebody who's got, you know, the, the woman with the stroller or the man with the stroller, the person with all the groceries. I mean, whatever it is, um, you could be like super good at anything and it's important just like I believe that you can absolutely write a book that can change the world. I 100% know, I know, and you know this too, that any of us could just do some simple things in our lives and that will change somebody's world too. And then the ripple effects of that, who knows how far it will go. You know, maybe the person that we're kind to on this moment maybe won't pass it on. Maybe they don't even see a smile or a wave, which happens to me sometimes when I'm running past somebody who's totally focused and they're listening to their headphones and they don't even see me wave. Um, but on the other hand, there are people that I run past on the running path. And um, even though we may or may not even speak the same language, I don't know, because I only have enough breath to say, hey, which you know in the US is just a, a way of saying hello, but in Sweden, that actually is the word for hello. Um, you know, that person sometimes is the first one to say hi to me then later because I've said hi to them so many times. So, I mean, who knows what it is that you're doing? Do more of it. Just be yourself even more. Um, do whatever you do with joy. And, and I just want you to feel encouraged that you are living a life that can change other people's lives as well. And if you are a writer or thinking about doing some writing, I always want to encourage you and remind you that any of your books, anything that you write, a blog post, a letter, an email, any of these things could change someone's life. And that life could change someone, could change someone. And altogether, 
it could change the world and make the world a better place. So thank you, Bravos Mom One, for making me feel very loved and encouraged and kind of like um, reflecting back on me what I was hoping that I was putting out in the world. I thank you very much. And again, another great big hug to you. Also to everyone else who is feeling that way and you just haven't told me about it, I, I love you too. And I'm very, very glad that you're here listening. Now, the other person I'm really glad is here is Rachel. She's been on the show before. She was here last October, and we were talking about writing royalty and falling in love with kings and princes and, and how do you write these sorts of things so that they feel real, even though, of course, you know, it's a work of fiction. So today, Rachel is talking about the disciplines of writing, and she has got a lot of great insight and advice, encouragement for you. Um, she looks at it from the standpoint of a professional working writer who has both uh, traditional publishing contracts and has some books that she's self-publishing, so she's a hybrid author. And the, the not so much the pros and cons of both, but the different kinds of disciplines that maybe are more for one or more for the other. And some of these disciplines that it doesn't matter how you publish, these are some of the things that will help you to have a better writing career, a better writing business life. So get out your pen and paper or your phone app, uh, the, the notes app on your phone and um, take some notes because this is really good stuff and it's going to help you to, to move ahead another couple of steps, maybe ginormous steps, maybe baby steps. But um, Rachel is a great teacher and I love having her on the show. So here we go, listening to Rachel. Today's guest is Rachel Hauk. New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author Rachel Hauk writes from sunny central Florida. A Rita finalist and winner of the Romantic Times Inspirational Novel of the Year and Career Achievement Award, she writes vivid characters dealing with real-life issues. Her book, Once Upon a Prince, was made into an original Hallmark movie. Her novel, The Wedding Dress, has been optioned for film by Brainpower Studio. Rachel sits on the executive board of American Christian Fiction Writers and loves to hear from readers and encourage new writers. A graduate of Ohio State University with a BA in journalism, Rachel is an avid OSU football fan. She hopes to one day stand on the sidelines in the Shoe with Ryan Day. Welcome, Rachel. Hey, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good <laughs> to have you back. You were here actually last October for episode 214. I know. I love being on your show, Kitty. You have the best show. Thank you so much. Ah, uh, thank you. Well, I have to say, I love having you on the show because you're interesting and funny and you have tons of really great information <laughs> to share with people. So well, no, no pressure, right? Ah. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> let's just take all of your career and make sure that you say something really helpful today. <laughs> I will try to be helpful though. I will say I do. Well, I'm glad you read the bio and I heard you read it because I have retired from the American Christian Fiction Writers Board and I need to update my bio. I didn't realize I had not. So right. last, yeah, last year was my last year to sit on the board. So I had retired. So it's funny, you know, you read people's bios and you're like, oh, I never knew that. Oh, I never knew that. I didn't know that Diane Mills was one of the founding board members there. Yes, actually. And That's Diane funny. was how I joined. Diane Mills oh. got me to join. I'm the 100th member. Oh, really? Wow. No. So that was, you've been a member a long time. Very, very long time. I've been on the board. Nice. Very long since 2002, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I know a lot of people who love that conference. So thank you for mm. all you've done. <laughs> thank you. No, happy to do it. Happy to do it. Oh. 
So last time you were here, we talked about world building, specifically with royal characters and plots. You have um, your newest book is To Save a King. Yes. Are we holding it up? Ah, to Save a King. If you're not watching on YouTube, you got to check out this cover. It is so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, so here's the, and here's the first one, Tell of a Prince. It's also a gorgeous cover. Yeah. So fun, fun, fun fact before we get going here. Um, every time, so someone found this cover for me and I sent it to the designer. And so I'm like, okay, well, I have to write that dress into the story. <laughs> yeah. And so it's the same thing happened this time. She was picking covers and it's weird with this particular one. If you're not, if you guys haven't seen it, if you're not watching on YouTube, it's a woman in a beautiful dress and she's kind of, you see her profile, but she's kind of lifting up her face. You know, she's kind of got her nose raised a little bit. And it looks like to me, I said, oh, I'm here to save a king, oh. you know, and I, which is not Gemma's character at all. But um, she's, she also is very beautiful. She's an actress. And so I said, oh, I got to write this dress into the book. And so this dress, all this book also has the wedding dress in it. The, the, we, oh. the dress from the wedding dress. From the book, the, book, the wedding dress. Oh. Yeah. So the, the wedding dress makes an appearance in here. The wedding dress goes royal nice. anyway. But uh, this one, I saw this cover. I was like, oh, it just had that feel to it. So that's why I picked that one. And then here's nice. the wedding dress Christmas. So the wedding dress moves around Aww. a little bit, guys. It's just a little, little novella, nice. but it's getting close to Christmas. So and so is that uh, about ready to come out or was it out last year? This came out in 2019, the wedding okay. dress Christmas. I thought so I'd seen out. it before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So my, my first little self-published book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, when I um, read the Prince book, then I loved it so much. I immediately pre-ordered to save a King. And then I saw it show up on my Kindle. I was like, Oh, I have to go read it. And then, you know, I have to read some, no, I don't have to, but I, I think that it's helpful for me to read the books of the guests who are going to be on the show so I can have an intelligent conversation and don't sound stupid and um, not stupid, but it's just my way of doing things. But then my own personal to be read pile just seems to grow. So I, as soon as I was like, oh, that's right, I'm interviewing you, but your book you know, came out in May, so I don't have to like hurry and read it. But now I'm like, ooh, but I do need to make time to read it. <laughs> Yeah, but we're not talking about the book today, Kitty. So you're off the hook. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm sort of glad because uh, already a couple of things that you mentioned, like I didn't know about the the wedding dress from the book, the wedding dress being in the book, and um, and I knew that she, you know, was an actress, but I was like, well, I worked in Hollywood, so like I don't want to know too much. I want to be surprised by where she works and what she does and stuff. So kind of glad oh, we don't yeah. have to talk about it. <laughs> she has she has a very dark story. It did not go well for her. Oh. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I really have I gotta read <laughs> Diane Mills' book first. <laughs> oh yeah. Go. Yeah. Give Diane. Go for Diane. She's awesome. She's awesome. <laughs> You're both awesome. Well, listen. So one of the great things about talking to somebody who's had a relatively long career is that you have learned a lot. Trial and error. Learning from other people. Things going well. Things going not so well. Um, so let's talk about the disciplines that you have learned personally, um, the ones that you've been taught by other people and you're like, this is a good one. The things that help writers to create uh, this writing life that we want. Yeah, I, I think discipline is the number one thing that we all need, no matter what we want in life. But it's the one thing we, we fight, right? Ah, 
about, you know, or I don't write down goals. I had this friend tell me, Rachel, write down goals. And I'm like, I don't write down goals. He goes, you better write down goals. So I remember I wrote down a few goals and do you know what? I found that thing later and sure enough, what I wrote down happened. And so I, I kind of feel like there's also something about confessing what we want, putting it out there, you know, confessing it out before the Lord. You know, if you, if you're a Christian, you know, you're just saying, Hey God, this is a goal. It doesn't mean that he's, you know, going to put fairy dust on it and that's going to happen, but it's kind of a partnership that we have, like, like God partners with us. And I know it's a strange thing to say, but we're not robots and we're not puppets. So, it, so there are sometimes when the Lord says, Hey, I want you to do this. And there are other times when it's like, Hey, what do you want to do? And I, like, for most of us out there, we're talking about writing. We want to write because I believe that probably God has put some kind of desire on your heart to write. Yeah. totally. And so in order to achieve that, you need discipline. Yeah. So I remember one time I was at a church in Poughkeepsie and we had taken a, a band up there and we were doing just a week of like worship nights. And, um, I, I kind of was in the middle of writing my first books for Thomas Nelson, the Nashville books, and wasn't sure how it was going actually wasn't going well. And I, I saw myself like sitting on a, a tempest sea, like Peter getting out of the boat and walking on the water. And, but I was sitting on the water. I wasn't sinking. Thank goodness. But I, I felt like the Lord came to me and he gave me this burlap bag and in it were stories that he wanted told, but people never got around to telling them. And so the busyness of life can get in our way as writers, because yeah. sometimes we always want to do something else, but write, even though we constantly wrestle with, I want to write. It's the same thing with the diet. Like we constantly wrestle with, I don't want to restrict my eating. I don't want to deal with my eating, or I don't want to deal with my exercise. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't feel like going for a walk. And then we beat ourselves up because we didn't watch our food or we didn't go for the walk. Yeah. So writing's, writing's the same way. And so I think you have to start out small. So I, I feel like if you feel called to write and you feel like the Lord's given you a story or, or something to say, find a way to say it. And you don't have to write a book. There's so many ways to communicate now. And um, Kitty and I were talking earlier about how we're kind of over social media. We're just getting kind of burnt out by it, but also there's blogs. Um, people are posting really meaningful things on with photographs on Instagram or even on an, a long Facebook post. So you have so many ways that you can communicate. And now because of independent publishing and because of places like Amazon, you could actually write your story or write whatever it is you want to communicate and you can put it up on Amazon, make sure it's professionally done and you have a good cover and all that stuff. But so you can have a way to put it out there. And, and sometimes we don't want to do it because we don't know what's going to happen to it once we finished it, but that's where we leave the outcome to God. We just have to say, okay, God, I'm doing what you've called me to do. I'll, I'll leave the outcome to you. So I guess the first thing about a discipline would be butt and chair, you know, <laughs> yeah. when, when he, and what's the other part, butt and chair, uh, fingers on keyboard or some fingers on keys or something, hands on yeah. keyboard. You, so figure it out. I would say to someone who's listening, who feels called to write or wants to write, um, figure out when you're going to write, just carve out that time. And, and here's the other kicker for most of us it does not have to be perfect. The first time out, no, it's not going to be perfect. And trust me, what's in your head is not going to come out of your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's very annoying. I understand. 
but just get ideas down. I, I read somebody who wrote nonfiction books based on, you know, his ministry was, has a large ministry. And he says, he just slaps down ideas, sees what kind of starts working together. Then he, then he works on arranging it. And then he works on putting meat under it and working with a team to help or editors to help. And so I would say, you know, just get your, get your idea down. And if you're, if you're wanting to write, I would say also the next discipline would be to learn really. And maybe you learn first or you learn while you're putting your ideas down. So there's so many craft books out there, books on how to write a memoir, books on how to write nonfiction, books on how to write fiction. I recommend the story equation by Susie Warren, who's also been on this show. Yeah. Um, this is a great book if you want to write, um, fiction, but I think it has tools in here that you could also use in nonfiction. So, um, you know, go to some conferences, um, join local writers groups, get, try to get your way into the writing community. There's like what a bazillion Facebook groups yeah. to help you with your writing. So I would say, um, start, start following writers who write what you like so that you might follow them. And people have built relationships with me and I'm, and I'm sure Kitty through social media, they just pop on and say they're reading a book or they say they're like, and maybe they're another author. And then by the time their book is out, we've built enough of a relationship. I might consider it for endorsement or I'll help promote their book. So, um, so that's one of the disciplines you've got to, you've got to learn. Yeah. And, and I'm just thinking while you're talking, um, so the, uh, the direction that you've come at it right now is for people who are maybe on their first book, but also for people who are sure. on their 10th or 40th book, these are still the same disciplines that we need, but we may just find that at times in our life, we have to refigure, you know, how am I going to make this work? It was working and now it's not working. I need to find a way to get back into it again. Like you and I were saying kind of off social media right now. And I know I need to be on it for marketing purposes. So I have to find some way to just wrap my head around how can I do something that is good for my career that I can, I can find a way to make it fun or not, not irritating to me, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think one of the things that Jim, maybe I, I'm um, jumping ahead of you here, but um, we were talking before about um, sometimes you just have to change the time or the way that you're getting your words in based on different times in your life. Yes. So we, we did talk about that and that's, so if you are in this for a couple of years, like I'm on book 30, Kitty, what number of book are you on? Uh, nine, <laughs> nine. Right. So, you know, I've written basically average two books a year for the last 17 years, give or take, but I was telling Kitty, I haven't really written anything other than to prove to save a King since March. So I ended up in this, wasn't intentional. I just ended up in this break. And then considering where I was going to go forward, um, write another Royal book or take up an opportunity that was presented to me, you know, to write for a traditional publisher. Um, yeah, I had to decide what to do. So I had to kind of balance that season. And I'm, I'm the type of person who doesn't quit. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But <laughs> yeah. in some ways, you know, a little bit of my independent publishing career was a little bit broke. So I was spend, I'm earning, but I'm spending about as much as I earn at this point. I'm, I am not a cheap author. I just got to say that <laughs> I don't, I don't have a cheap process, which is one of the keys and I, which is one of the keys. So that's another thing we can talk about, but so anyway, so it's like, Hey, this opportunity came and it's, it's good for us as a family. It's good for me for my next ideas. So I do think you have to kind of 
reinvest where you are. I've heard of authors, you know, changing their name, using a pen name and kind of rebooting their career. And that's a little bit on the drastic side, but, but maybe you pick up a partnership and you write with someone else, or um, sometimes maybe you just kind of switch the genres a little bit or, so yeah, you do always have to kind of consider and with me, I don't know about you, Kitty, but with me, every book, I'm like, okay, Lord, is this, is this it? Am I still writing? If I am, am I writing something else? Am I done? So I'm always kind of have an open hand with it, even yeah. though there's a part of me that's like, what do you mean? Wait, I'm done with that little series right now. I'm going to do something else. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, this is messing with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, wait, this wasn't the plan. <laughs> Yeah. And like my original plan was, um, I was like, okay, so I keep hearing from traditional editors, uh, like your work, not sure that we can sell the story. And so it was always, no, not sure that we can sell the story. And I thought, well, pretty sure I can find people who like this story. But then I got in this weird marketing place and I realized the problem that the traditional um, editors were, were saying that they would probably have, I was having, which was, um, I like writing characters like me who, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I've got, you know, this certain kind of worldview and values and things that, that come out in my characters, um, my characters, uh, the main one is always somebody, you know, who goes to church, but also, you know, talks a lot to God and questions some of the things going on in their life and, you know, can be a little, uh, a little grumpy about things. Um, but also my characters, uh, tend to use words that, that I tend to use on a semi-regular basis. And I'm trying to keep the podcast PG for people who are listening <laughs> in the car when they're taking their kids to work. But I realized that even though, you know, my reviews were really good numbers, you know, 4.3, 4.6 stars out of five, um, boy, people would get so confused because they would be like, well, I don't understand. These characters are Christian, so it must be a Christian book. So what's wrong with these people that they're swearing? Why is there sex on the page? So um, this year I'm doing an entire rebranding. And as much as I, I still would like to write people who are exactly like me and I do have an audience for it, there isn't an easy way to market to that audience without confusing right. people who don't want to be in that audience. Right. So that's another thing that can happen that um, I don't know if you would consider it one of the disciplines that you're talking about today, but it's, it's sometimes you have to stop and look at your career and see whether or not there's something else that you could do to make things better. Even if maybe in a perfect world, you would choose not to. <laughs> I do think it's one of the disciplines because right after I wrote the Nashville books, uh, which sold like 200, no more than that, but still not a lot, maybe at a zero. Um, so here I am, I'm all excited. And I was the kid that went through college with people going, Oh my gosh, if you know how to, you know, you're great. If you know how to do what you did in this story, boy, you'll make it as a writer. I mean, I always had people encouraging me. And so here I am thinking, okay, Hey, and this publisher likes me and we come out and really the books don't do anything. You know, they have weird titles. They initially had the Nash Vegas titles and, and just a lot of things. And, and I think my publisher is still learning about marketing and, and you know, your, your publisher isn't going to handle all that for you. And social media was very new at the time, but I was out there trying to do what I could. And uh, so I started looking around going, okay, what is selling? So I had to be disciplined and think, well, this is, this isn't what I want to write. I had to think what, what, what can I write that's selling that will sell in the Christian space? Cause that's where I was with the Christian publisher as well. And so there are some, you know, hard, fast rules when it comes to writing in the Christian space and that's no language and no on page, you know, sexual content. And that's just kind of like what the readership 
expects. And we can have a disagreement about um, words. That would be my big thing. I say, like, well, sometimes people say a bad word, um, but it's sometimes not worth the backlash that you're going to get, which maybe some of what you've experienced, even though you wrote really great stories, people will choose to, I'm like, I had somebody, you know, pick on the fact that, um, oh, I forgot what it was, but I've had like challenge little things, you know, I had a feminine angel and somebody wrote, what are there? I didn't know angels who were feminine. And I'm like, look, I'm just telling a story. I'm, yeah. ima I'm imagining that there probably are. We don't see any in scripture and I'm not writing doctrine here, yeah. right? My, it's a story. It's not doctrine. It's a, it's a worldview. It's art. Yeah. And so I believe that why wouldn't there be feminine angels? Although I'm not going to tell you for sure there are because we don't see it in scripture, but we see women in scripture. So, <laughs> right. So, and once anyway, again, it's a story. <laughs> it's a story. I'm not writing doctrine. Please don't, you know, build a cult off my story. Yeah. So, so I feel like that's, so I feel like finding out. So anyway, I, I said, well, at the time, Dorothea Bitten Frank, God rest her soul, she passed a few years ago, was was blowing up with these low country stories. And I'm like, what's this low country thing? Who is that? What's that? What's up? So I look into the South Carolina and Georgia low country. And, and so that's how I wrote the low country novels, um, Sweet Caroline, uh, Dining with Joy, Love Starts with L. And so, so that's a part of the discipline is knowing what the industry is doing. So that's one of the things, if you're a new author, that you need to have your finger on the pulse of what flies in the genre and in the space where I want to write. And back in the day, Dave Long, who was a, who is an editor at Bethany House, he used to write this blog. And we were all just, it was probably 15 years ago, we were all on that blog, you know, what's Dave saying? What's Dave saying? Because, you know, you wanted to get Dave's attention, but it was also about him telling us, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want. This is what we think works and, and trying to kind of coach us along. And again, that's another part about being an author, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been at it for 10 or 15, 20 years, really, you got to invest in yourself. You got to get to the conferences, if not for anything else, but to network. Networking is so important. I would not be in this chair talking to you now if it hadn't been for networking and if and and for finding out what's happening in the industry. Yeah. And, and getting your getting your finger on the pulse of the industry. Maybe you've been with a publisher for a while and suddenly your book sales aren't doing as well, or maybe uh, you're just feeling like you're not feeling the love anymore. Do you change? It's so for authors, like once we find a place that works, we don't want to quit. We want to stay in that space. And like, but it might be good to go somewhere else. It's really hard for us to put on a business hat. And there's a couple authors like Tammy Alexander. I don't know if you've had Tammy or Tamara Alexander on here, but Tammy really knows how to put on the business hat. She really knows how to make a decision for her as a businesswoman, not just as a writer. And so that's, so learning business classes and going and learning how the business of publishing works. Um, and it, it's not being disloyal to go to a different publisher because you might get a better deal. You might advance yeah. your career. So uh, I did that once and, and my offer between my old publisher and my new publisher was $8,000 difference per book. Oh, wow. And so that's, that's significant, you guys, yeah. back in the day anyway, especially. So I feel like that's one of the things that we have to invest in yourself you know, invest in, invest not only time, but money. So go to a conference, get to an online conference, um, join your local writers group. Um, there's lots of ways that you can network with authors, you know, plethora of places online on Facebook and different places as well. And also I really think it's important to follow authors that you like 
and, yeah. and engage them in online conversation. And I think we talked about that earlier, but sometimes they'll respond to you and you can build a relationship. Kara Putnam is really great for this because she um, met Lisa Scott Align, whose book Eternal I just read over the summer was fantastic. She met Lisa Scott Align and uh, kind of built a little bit of a rapport. And not long ago, I saw a tweet where Lisa Scott Align tweeted Kara and said, I read your latest book. It was fantastic. So there in Lisa Scott Align's tweet feed is Kara Putnam's name. So, so that's some of the benefits of, of investing in yourself conference wise or online as best, as best that you can building those relationships. So I'm sure Kitty, you have tons of stories about how networking has helped you. You know, I think that one of my best examples actually was um, before I was seriously pursuing publishing, uh, I was working in Hollywood and um, there was this uh, organization that I was a part of called um, Intermission. Um, And it was just people from every different kind of job in Hollywood getting together, happened to be a a Christian organization. And um, I just, my plan was to get to know people. And I started with the people who were not really talking to anybody, um, you know, people against the the back wall, the wallflowers, um, because I'm a little bit of a border collie. Like I want to get everybody together. I don't want anybody to be left out or forgotten. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was trying to learn to listen because I'm a talker. So I have to work on listening. Um, and then I would remember. And then after a while I started introducing people. I'm like, you know what? I know somebody else who does this thing that you're talking about only they might be looking for somebody, or maybe they know somebody else that you need to know. And so I started introducing people. And after about a year and a half, I had introduced so many different people who all show up every time, you know, every month to this, to this networking event. And people started asking, you know, who are you? Why do you know everyone? And I was like, I'm no one. It's just that I listen and I try to be helpful. And then because I had created this, um, uh, reputation, um, that ended up the place where I think I got almost every single job I ever had in Hollywood, because it was just a matter of people got to know me as somebody who was, you know, trustworthy, honest. I wasn't going to, um, you know, follow you to the bathroom with my script and, you know, right, right, right. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of amazing and crazy what you don't know what's going to happen or how you'll hit it off with somebody or how you were kind to somebody. And so they introduce you to somebody else that, that also, you know, has happened though, that same kind of group of people that I met back then what has it been? Um, 22 years ago was when I first started going. And I just introduced two people last year who made a great, uh, you know, it's, it's their personal business, but, um, a they, great they connection, did, yeah. a great connection. Yeah. For the, both of their businesses, it's going to be wonderful for them. That is fantastic. And I think you, that's something you just bring up a really great point. And, and to the point of discipline is that when you're in that space is learning to listen learning to honor everyone else that's around, like your reputation will follow you. And you yeah. think no one's watching, but they're watching. Exactly. And, and you have to watch what you post on social media, even something well thought out. Just consider uh, eight years, 10 years ago, I could post a well thought out political post 
where I was just saying, hey, I'm thinking of these things. I wasn't choosing a side, but I was just thinking these things. I wouldn't even attempt it now. I wouldn't even attempt it now. So yeah. the, because the landscape has changed. And so, so you have to think about that, but uh, thinking about, there was a season where um, Susie Warren, who I rent, worked my book therapy with for a long time. Susie was the brainchild and the owner and she, she did all the work. I just showed up. Um, <laughs> she, there would be at ACFW's gala, somebody probably either in the Genesis or the Carol contest, one or more person would mention my book therapy and by name, maybe Susie and Rachel. And the people would come up to us and go, wow, who are you guys? You know? And so we were built a reputation of, we're not just in here for ourselves. We're actually helping other authors. And so, because I was on the board, I couldn't even enter. So I didn't even have a final oh, in any, right. any contest. Right? right. So, so I think that that's another part that's really important is building those relationships and making those connections and, and being generous because God is generous and we tend to like cling to things like, oh, you know, I'm keep this for myself, but yeah. the Lord is generous. The Lord is, uh, he has more than enough for all of us. And so if he's generous, I want to be generous with my time, with my relationships. And so I feel like that's it. That's another discipline. Now, another discipline is you got to balance whether or not this is your season to write. So some of you are, maybe you have children in school and that's important. Raise your children first. Trust me as someone who's been in this game for a long time, raise your children first. They're the ones who are going to be with you when you're 65 and bringing you grandchildren, your stories are not. Now yeah. that those are things to be proud of for sure. Your stories are those things to be proud of. And you can touch a lot of lives with your stories, but uh, I also feel like touching your children and being present for your children is um, numero uno. I'll just say that because they're going to touch lives, you know, and I, you know, we forget that old saying, I don't think I really understood it until about 25 years ago, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And so the parents rocking the cradle, basically being there for your children, you're going to raise people that are, are can be world changers that God can use. And so, so it may not be your time. It may be on the other end of the spectrum. You've been writing for 20 or 30 years and you're thinking, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of winding down. Maybe you do something different. Maybe you go to one book a year. Um, I'm entertaining that idea right now. So like what, where are you at in your season and being ready to, to make those changes and, and see where God might be leading you. And then of course, the last one, I feel like we have to talk about Kitty finances, right? Finances. Like, it's important. It is important, but it's also taboo. There's yeah. this kind of general feeling that writers can't write for money and that we can't want to make money. But then the indie authors came along and said, bump that we're making money. Yeah. And, you know, and there's, there's still though only an elite set of people that make a buku amount of money, even in the indie world, as well as the traditional world. And there are benefits to both sides of the aisle, but at the same time, go where the money is. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, not a podcast, but I was in clubhouse. I don't know many of you are on clubhouse and, and it was breaking out of breakout fear or some kind of weird title. And I always kind of check into those and say, what are they talking about? And all I heard was this guy saying, Hey, if it's not making me money, I quit. I get out of it. And he was like one of the lead guys that everybody came to hear talk. And I thought, you know, that's so true. If something's not making you money or not making it fast enough, for where you're at in life, then, and every, every writer has to have a season where you're not making money. So there's a couple of three, four years of that always. 
Um, but if there's not, and an opportunity comes to make money, then choose that and, yeah. and get the most bang for your buck. You know, if you have an agent or if you have the ability to go, can I have a few dollars more? Go for it. And there is a business side to this and you have to go where you think that you can make the most money. Um, so that's another one of the disciplines. Like nobody goes to work and goes, oh, boss, don't pay me that. You yeah. can pay me a couple thousand less. <laughs> exactly. but, when, but like everybody, when you start out, you have to take the starting salary. You have to take the starting book dollars that they give to new authors, but down the line, you know, maybe hold yeah. out for more. Yeah. And part of the way, and you know, it's there, there are no, um, sure paths because things are always changing. But um, one of the things that if you keep up with your disciplines throughout your career, if you're, if you're constantly working on trying to have just a little bit better book, a little bit better book, a little bit better book, then, you know, the time will come when the money will follow the fact that you are dedicated and working harder on creating better and better, better product. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I do feel like that's something that all authors have to watch out for as well is we could tend to fall into a, um, good enough mode. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then there's me that's never good enough. <laughs> so I keep writing and keep writing and keep writing. And some from my early days, I thought, Oh, Oh, they're not really promoting my books and they're really not selling that well. I guess I'm not that good. So I better get better good enough to get published, I suppose, but I better get better. And so it really did cause me to roll up my sleeves and get to work. There had, there was room for improvement, but at the same time, it also caused me to overthink things and worry about things. And yeah, yeah. that's you not know, a good place to be either. It has to be fun. Yes. And since you mentioned it, I mean, can you think of uh, two or three of the things that you did to help you, um, you know, get past the, the, the kind of swinging too far in that direction? Uh, I'll let you know when I find out what that uh, is. Yeah. No. Actually. <laughs> Actually, I, I always uh, try to, oh, I use the story equation. I start out here and I use this to kind of build my characters. And sometimes a book is hard because you don't have enough time to noodle on it. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm the muser. I have to noodle on it. I was the one who was at the office when I worked in the corporate world. And then the next day I would come back and go, okay, here's the answer to that thing you said yesterday. Like yeah. I gave some kind of answer in the meeting or some kind of answer when you asked, but here's here's the rest of how I see this thing playing out. So we got to factor in all these details. And so I, I will often do that. I'll write a scene and then the, um, later that night or the next day I'll go, oh, ooh, ooh, that's so much better, which I think every author has at some level. But what I have to do is not kind of rip it all apart and go, oh, maybe I could do it this way. No, just stay where you are. And so I think that's one of the things that I've really tried to work on is like, stay where you are, you know, and don't overthink it, so. Yeah, that's a good one. That's really, that can be a hard one for people who I, I think that I have a similar personality because in the rest of, you know, the business world and my life in general, that's always been a struggle for me since like junior high. Like as soon as I started noticing that we were being graded according to the people around us, I was like, oh, wait, I, I want to be the best. What can I do to be the best? Right. And sometimes that can actually lead you down a path that, um, that now you're either not creating because you're like, this isn't good enough. And I'll just change stories. That's not good enough. I'll just, or, um, oh, obviously I chose the wrong choice for this story. So I'll choose a different choice. And then you have seven drafts of the same story. And none of those things actually help you to write and finish no. and publish <laughs> the great book. I think if you're starting out, 
I, I think I worked on my first book for two years and I had different kind of authors give me input. And so I have, I have kind of like the first book and then I pared it down to more of a romance and I have that book, but I, I think it's okay in the beginning when you're figuring things out, you write some epic, you know, big piece that has lots of editing, but as you go along it, and I, I would say also another discipline is keep writing because that's how you find your voice. And so finding your voice is also numero uno because that is you and what puts you on a page. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, that's what makes people like my particular stories is somehow they resonate with my voice. That's what makes people love kitty stories. They resonate with her voice. So, exactly. so be you on the page, I guess is what I'm saying. And, yes. and be that make-believe kid who crawls inside another character and just has fun, you know, do things with that character you'd never do. Yeah, so. exactly. It's almost like cr- climbing into the Iron Man suit and you're like, oh, how am I going to play with this? Whoa, I'm a superhero <laughs> today. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And look for oh, places yeah. where, um, where you're getting help that, and make sure that you're noticing where you're getting help. Um, my husband started writing, oh, I don't know, four or five years ago um, when we were in between projects. You know, we, we travel around the world based on his job. And so we were in between things and I didn't know what he was doing. I knew he was on the computer all the time, but I didn't know what he was doing because he didn't want to tell anybody. He was writing a middle grade novel. And it, it actually turned out to be you know, pretty great. And uh, it looks like we're going to go on a self-publishing journey with him in 2022. So that'll be fun. Very nice. Yeah. Um, So he's been living with this writer for a very long time, me. (laughs) Uh, And I try to give him advice or help where he wants it, sometimes not where he wants it. Um, But in in just the last probably year or so, um, we've been taking a lot of walks and then he talks, 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 talks about his story. Uh, And he's just in the last few weeks been telling me, he's like, okay, you know what? I think one of the things I've found is that I go on walks with you and I just talk about it. And then I figure out what it was that I was trying to say. And I'm like, great, then we should definitely still do that. Uh, Other people will say, you know, I go for a walk or go for a run and think about it while I'm doing that. I actually can't do either of those things. I have to like lay on the bed or lay on the hammock and stare at the ceiling or stare at the sky and just float in some sort of weird ether place. So find what works for you and be paying attention so that you can, you know, like really start honing in on it. Oh, absolutely. I like walk away and think about it. I go my walk at night and and it comes to mind. Um, I do like to talk about it, but I don't live with a writer. So he throws me ideas or I call Susie or somebody, but I also feel like there are some authors I've talked to who do not ever discuss their story. So they're more like where you are, they probably go off on their own and just meditate on it. And so, and just, this will be our closing remark, Kitty. Well, and then the, then the final closing remark. Yeah. Stories, aren't, <laughs> stories aren't written, they're rewritten. And so that's the discipline that you need, however you rewrite. And that is a whole other conversation that we could have one day. However you rewrite, just know you've got to, stories are not written, they're rewritten. So. Yeah. That is really, really encouraging news, I hope, for people to remember that don't worry about the first draft or even the second draft if it's not right, because you can just keep working on it until you've got it. Yeah, absolutely. 
another thing, you know, that you, you and I talked about briefly before we started, um, if you get to the point where you're like, I just don't know what to do with it anymore. And I'm getting frustrated. Um, you know, Rachel is a mentor who works with writers. I'm a writing coach. There are people out there who, um, you, you need to find the right person who gets you, your voice, your kind of story, you know, your genre. Um, but there are people out there who can help you and really make it into the thing that you did see in your head. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that does require costs. Sometimes it does, it does um, come at a cost. And not everyone can afford to do that. So, and then in the beginning, I don't think I could have afforded to do that initially. Yeah. Um, but I would say then roll up your sleeves, join some writing organization, join Susie Warren's Novel Academy. Um, I think Kitty, you have a group of that you mentor kind of as a group. Membership group. Yeah. Membership group where you can uh, get online with other people and, and have them talk to you, um, take classes online, do the, do the best you can. And again, look up your look up your local writers group. There's got to be someone around somewhere. Um, and sometimes people just shoot me a question, and I'll answer it. I can't do more than that. But there's yeah. always ways where you can find out ways. And above all, you know, go to the Lord. Ask Him if you're a believer and you talk to God. Ask Him to teach you. He will teach you. If you have this desire, He's not going to leave you hanging. Yeah, it's going to give you what you need to get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. And because books change the world and why wouldn't we want to keep on working on things that we can do to make the world a better place and also absolutely. in ways that we love doing it. <laughs> absolutely. I, I love when I get a letter from someone in another country. Uh, I just got one recently and just how much that story impacted them. Just, it's really mind blowing. Yeah. Well, listen, Rachel, I would love to talk to you forever, but <laughs> time to go, time to go. So tell us, um, uh, you've already told us the name of your newest book, which is to save a king, to save a king. And where can people find that and all of your many other books and you online or in person? Yeah, just go to rachelhauk.com, R-A-C-H-E-L-H-A-U-C-K, rachelhauk.com. I'm the Rachel Hauk everywhere on social media. I got there first. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and you can find my books on Amazon, Kobo, Apple, uh, oh, yeah. wherever your online retailer or brick. I do have a lot of brick and mortar books as well. So you can find those there. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time and helping Thank us you. out. You know, I feel like, um, it's, uh, it's back to school time. You know, if you've, um, if you've been in the Northern hemisphere and you're used to going back to school in August or September, I have a tendency to still, even, you know, these several decades after I still get excited about fall and like, what am I going to learn new this year? And even though like there's only four months left in the year, but I, I still have sort of a school year mentality. So yep, this is yep. perfect for that. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. For people who have kids, maybe going off to school. Or right. maybe you're, maybe you're homeschooling and they're working online. You can type out a couple hundred words. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So thank you so much. It was really good and helpful information. I'm going to take some of your tips myself. <laughs> thank you. It was good to be here. I always love being with you, Kitty.